another wacky and wild weekend of upsets. Let's dive right in. Go! Making Waves, an NFL Confidence Pool podcast. I'm your host, Mac. And I'm your host, Bob. And it was another wild week. There were upsets galore in week one and week two. The NFL is just not getting any easier for us to be able to predict. But there was so much action, so much fun going on all day Sunday. I mean, I I don't know about you, Bob. How was your Sunday? Did you have a great Sunday start to finish? I had a really good Sunday morning. I had a great early afternoon, late afternoon. And yeah, my night was, yeah, I kind of blocked that out. So can't really answer on my night. But overall, uh, great Sunday morning and afternoon for sure. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, we can get into why your Sunday night wasn't so good later on in this podcast. No, no, we we don't have to. We can, you know, we, we really want to keep it within 45 minutes this week. So let's just skip over that and just go straight to the analysis. Yeah, well, we can go straight to the analysis, but before we do, we've got some injury reports as well as a confidence pool league update. Yep. And I'll go ahead and get started with the injury reports, if you don't mind, just because there were, unfortunately, quite a few more notable injuries in week two that were definitely difficult for this league to endure First and foremost being Trey Lance, the sophomore quarterback out of San Francisco, broke his ankle. He did receive surgery on the next day on Monday. It is a season-ending injury. He will be out for the rest of the year, which, I mean, the 49ers are looking pretty good for keeping on Jimmy Garoppolo as their backup now because they're looking like superstars. They just threw him in, and that's a really good backup to have on your team. Moving right along, we have James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. He suffered an ankle injury. He is day-to-day. We have Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. He suffered a chest injury. He is also day-to-day. We have Michael Pittman, who surprisingly sat out in week two due to a quad injury that he suffered in practice. He is also day-to-day. That's a big blow to the Indianapolis Colts if he continues to sit because he is quite the stud. We have Dalton Schultz, who suffered a knee injury in his game. He is day-to-day as well for the Dallas Cowboys. They just are riddled with injuries. But on some exciting news, Gallup could potentially return week three. He has not seen action yet this year. So getting Michael Gallup, a superstar wide receiver, back would be ideal. Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills was also a surprise sit-out. He sat-out in week two due to his ankle injury. He is considered day-to-day. Hunter Renfro suffered a concussion in the play that lost them the game, which we will get into a little bit more later. And, you know, just those concussion people, they often sit out for a week or so. Those (laughs) dang concussion people. So he is questionable day-to-day as well. We'll monitor him in if he passes that concussion protocol. Big news for the Browns is that both of their elite pass rushers, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett, are questionable. Or I'm sorry, are both either questionable or sitting out. Jadavian Clowney has already been ruled out for Thursday's game due to an ankle injury. Miles Garrett has a neck injury. He has missed practice already this week. He is questionable for Thursday night's game. That's obviously a quick turnaround. We'll see if he can get out there. And then finally, another big notable name, Justin Herbert, suffered a pretty bad rib injury in his game this past week. If you watched, you could see the next play. He could barely throw the ball. Um, He did end up getting back out there and did a big push for his team. It was pretty incredible because you could tell he was clearly in a lot of pain, but he is day-to-day, and we will see what happens there. That is a lot of injuries around the league. We try to keep it to the most notable. Those are a lot of notable injuries. I don't know what you got to say about that, but that's for sure going to impact some choices and confidence pools for me. 
That is definitely a lot of injuries. I am not going to lie. I didn't know a lot of them. So I'm glad I have the injury queen helping me out. And also, I'm so happy that took uh, a couple minutes because I wasn't ready for my segment. And I was just able to catch right up. So that was absolutely perfect. (laughs) Way to tell everybody that you didn't come prepared. I mean, hey, I am in Hotlanta right now. I'm in a hotel for work. And, uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. But making waves is always my number one priority. You heard it here first, wave riders. All right, Wave Riders. Well, go ahead, League King. Give us an update. How are we looking in the confidence pool? League King. Once again, love that. It's never going to get old. Um, so, yeah, once again, as I said, it was a wacky week of upsets. And, unfortunately, we uh, we definitely were hurt by a lot of those upsets. So, this week, and I'm not going to get my math incorrect this time, but we had seven games incorrect. So, we were barely over 50%. We got nine games correct. We... Um, Wrongly chose in seven of them for a total of 77 points on the week, which is definitely not ideal. Uh, so we missed Jets and Browns, an absolutely wild game. Obviously, we're going to get into the analysis of all these, but Jets came back and beat the Browns. So Browns screwed us over. We missed uh, Steelers over the Pats. Once again, we missed the Colts over the Jags. And we have a lot to say to you, Indianapolis. So just you wait. Uh, once again, we missed the Bengals over the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. Bengals were coming for you as well. Uh, We missed Raiders and Cardinals with that crazy ending. We missed Eagles and Vikings. And uh, there was a Sunday night game that uh, my co-host was just so adamant that the Bears were going to win that game. And the Bears, unfortunately, did not win that game. So, uh, Mac, I have a bone to pick with you about that one because I had a feeling the Bears might not win that, but it is what it is. We we missed the Bears in back. And we are now in 13th place for the season. Uh, a total of 143 points, and we are only 23 behind first place. So we are definitely within striking distance. And Mac is giving me a little bit of a glare after I said that about Sunday Night Football. So I am going to shut the mouth. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Feel free to do all your jabs. I'm happy to throw some back at you. It's no problem at all, but thank you for that update. I appreciate it greatly. I'm excited to see what we all, what we agree on and disagree on throughout this week's action we've got a lot of it kicking off first thing thursday night 8 15 p.m eastern standard time we have the pittsburgh steelers taking on the cleveland browns and i'm gonna be honest i went back and forth on this one quite a bit uh, because i truly do believe this is going to be a defensive battle if you're looking at low scoring games for the weekend i would put a lot of money on this being one of the lowest scoring Um, These offenses are not necessarily electric in my book, but these defenses are pretty strong. The thing that tipped it over the edge for me are those injuries that the Cleveland Browns are suffering without without Jadavion Clowney and possibly without Miles Garrett. That are huge losses to that front and defensive line. Um, they're, They're huge edge rushers. They're the ones that are getting in there to sack the quarterback, put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Without them, that's a huge blow. And then beyond that, I think the Browns are kind of coming off a very emotional loss. Obviously, both teams had close game losses in week two. The Browns easily could have won that game multiple different times. There was a run that if they just stayed in bounds. They would have been able to run the clock out. Instead, they ran it out of bounds, stopped the clock, gave the Jets time to come back. I mean, it was an emotional loss that I think they might, that might impact them heading into this week in not a very good way. And then also on the other side, I believe that this is kind of, I'm going to be honest, bold statement here. You're not going to like it. This is kind of getting to a point where it's a little bit of a must win for Mitch. I'm already hearing whispers around the league. I've been seeing some comments about get Kenny Pickett in there. Whoa. Uh, you're hearing about that. You're already hearing about that because he did not have a great game on Sunday. Mitch did not. So I don't know. We'll see. But I think that he's got enough to be able to rally himself up and, and get a win here against an interdivisional opponent would be a huge a huge thing for him, a huge boost for that team. So I've got the Steelers, and I've got them at three on Thursday night. Okay. IMWT, in Mitch we trust. I know this isn't my analysis, so I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, but 
it's always bad when you lose a 13 point lead with 90 seconds left. It's even worse when you lose a 13 point lead with 90 seconds left at home in the dog pound for your first home game of the season. And tripling that up, it's even worse when you lose when you're up by 13 with 90 seconds left against the lowly jet. So Browns are down. Browns are down bad injuries and that emotional loss, as Max said. So I think Mitch is going to have a bounce back week. I have Steelers and I have them pretty close to you at five. So we're off to a good start. Okay, off to a great start. That was very short-lived because we're moving on to Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time in this very first game on the docket. My own Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. And because you just love to stab your best friend right in the back, just take out my jugular. I know we disagree on this game. Go ahead, give me your thoughts, and then I would be happy to give your rebuttal because, oh, baby, baby, I am ready. Oh, baby, baby, she is ready. Two babies, wow. And usually I'm the one saying baby, so Mac is ready for this. Yeah, as Mac just alluded to, we do disagree on this game. Uh, it's definitely, I, I, I feel like I was very kind with my confidence level, but, I mean, the only, I guess the only um, similarity between these two teams is they both played the Eagles, and in Max's defense, her boys did lose to the Eagles by less than the Vikings did last night. But, hey. <laughs> I mean, hey, I got to give credit hey, where credit's due. Hey, hey. I got to give credit where credit's due, but, big but, with that being said, the team that the Lions beat was the Commanders, and I did see a fun little nugget, my second nugget of the season. Why is this, why oh, is this about the Lions about as well? The Lions again? Let's go! Why is this about the Lions as well? I need to start getting my own nuggets from other teams, <laughs> not your boys, but Lions, I saw let's go. so many Lions nuggets. It's making me sick to my you stomach. I have a nugget I have. I really hope it's not. I hope it's not. We haven't talked about what nugget you have, but I'm just going to throw my nugget out there, so I hope you're hungry. Nom, 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 nom. But... I saw that last Sunday, the Lions are the first ever team to beat the Washington the Washington Commanders in the history of football. They just changed their name. That was their first loss of the season. So the Lions are the first team ever to beat the Commanders. So kudos to your boys. That's a huge accomplishment. Hey, I'm sure they've got a, record books. <laughs> I'm sure they've got a huge banner hung up at the uh, the Kitty Den saying we beat the Commanders before anybody else did. So that's that's a big accomplishment. Absolutely. But the only other difference is the Vikings have beaten the Packers, the Lions beat the Commanders. So, I mean, hey, one-on-one record is a one-on-one record, but I think we saw on Sunday night that the Packers are a little better than we first expected. I don't really want to talk about them too much, but they looked like a buzzsaw. My boys didn't stand much of a chance. They, you know, they were hitting the mouth right off the bat, and uh, they were they were hobbling back and kind of off, off balance the rest of the game. But I digress. I do think this is going to be a close game. Uh, Vikings looked horrendous last night against the Eagles. Justin Jefferson was blanketed by big play Slay. I'm sick of all these Lions, Lion shoutouts. Ex-Lion, big play Slay, and he was slaying all night long. Thielen, I don't know if he's got old man legs now, but he is really disappointing the first two games. And Kirk Cousins, I know he's been widely criticized for his terrible Monday night stats and record. He's got like the highs for interceptions by any quarterback on Monday night. He's like one in 10 on Monday night games. We should have known that, so that's that's on me for saying Vikings are going to win. But they have a short week. It is at home in Minnesota. So any divisional matchup is going to be a good game, in my opinion. I do think the Vikings are going to win. Put Hey, put down your pitchfork. Put down your pitchfork. I have them in a confidence level of two. Wow, Bobby, that was so nice of you. Really that kind. That was really nice of you. That was very nice of you. Did you say that was really? Did you say that was really nice of me? Did you just pull out your knife and say, that was really knife of you? Knife of you. Also, earlier you said, but, a big but, and I was going to say, oh, you like big butts and you cannot lie. <laughs> Whoa, big butts. Shut Anyways, up. again, we digress. I'm going to give a quick rebuttal here. Obviously, I am pumped the freak up. The Detroit Lions got their first win on Sunday over the Washington Commanders, as you mentioned. And holy moly, me oh my, they look good this year. I mean, you cannot deny that our offense has been looking good. And yes, the win was against the Washington Commanders, but we also looked really good against a stout Eagles defense. And, ooh, this is a juicy nugget. Are you ready for this one? There are three teams in the NFL 
that have over 70 points within the first two weeks. And let me tell you, it is the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, and yes, you guessed it, the Detroit Lions. That is a juicy nugget. You're saying Hope you're, you're saying hungry. the nom nom nom. You're saying the Bears don't have more than seventy points for two weeks? No, <laughs> they don't. Oh. They definitely do not. So there are only three teams that offense has been that electric, and I freaking love that we are on that list. What I also love is the fact that we jumped like ten state ten points in the power rankings. We are now ranked at sixteenth, which where your oh yeah thirty. Your boys are at 30. That's right. But- uh, misprint. That was that was a misprint. We're at 15. We're at 15. That's a misprint. Oh, okay. Sorry. All the way up to 16th. I don't even know the last time I've seen the Lions in the teens in the power ranking. So I'm just smiling ear to ear. I'm sure you can hear it all the way through my microphone. Oh, gosh. And my final point of why we are going to win. I didn't even really give many points. But yeah, what the heck? Why we're going to win. Okay. Offense, electric. Defense, looking good. Definitely got to figure some things out. But clearly, 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 Jefferson can be stopped. We saw that happen last night. We just got to roll the tapes there and read about that. And finally, and I'm going to tell you, this player is going to have impact of the game. It's my Waymaker of the Week. Aiden Hutchinson. And you knew at some point throughout this season, it only took me two weeks to name a Lions player as my Waymaker of the Week, but you knew he was going to be up there at some point. He was the number two overall pick in this past draft. He set a Detroit Lions rookie record on Sunday for three sacks in the win and he got them all in the first half of the game he was absolutely an impact player this past weekend all over Carson Wentz putting pressure on the offense for the Washington Commanders and man oh man I just love to see that kid out there I'm always screaming at the TV come on Hutch and it's just exciting it's exciting to see our draft pick payoff in such a big way wave maker of the week without a doubt and beyond that he also dedicated his performance to uh, an individual who's struggling through leukemia a young boy so that's pretty cool beyond his amazing play as a football player he's clearly also got a pretty big heart and he's just trying to make an impact in the community so gotta love it all those reasons not a ton of statistical backing but I just feel it my boys are on a roll, and I truly, truly, truly believe that we are in competition for the NFC North. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh. In the NFC, I'm just saying, I know it's early. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes is probably going to tell me. NFC does not have a lot of competition across the board. So, hey, if we're in competition in the NFC North, in my book, we're already competition for the playoffs. Drop the mic and move along. You failed to say your confidence level. Oh, you're sorry. Excited. <laughs> sorry, I've got the Detroit Lions, and I've got them at two. Okay, that's that's respectable. Yeah, two I was is respectable. respectable. I was very respectful. And man, I can't tell if you're excited about your boys at all. I think no, that no, might have, no. I think that might have trumped my my little spiel about the Bears after winning against the 49ers. So that was, you know what? That was yeah. that was quite the spiel, and I can feel the excitement. I'm happy for you. I hope that you can hold on to that for as long as you can because I know our boys are going to be clashing in a couple of weeks. And uh, no, I, can't. I think it's going to slip right through the fingertips that week. So enjoy it while you can. And you, I'm so happy for you. That's, oh. that's, so, that's so great for right now. Oh, thank you, Bob. I wish I could say the same for you as we go into the analysis for this next game. I know you're already feeling a little bit down, though, so I'll try not to stab and twist the knife too, too much. But we have the Houston Texans taking on your Chicago Bears. The Bears. And also remember, uh, before you stick the knife in and twist it too much, just remember who you ended up picking in this game, and I will let you take it away. Uh, This is actually your analysis game, but yes, you are correct. I did end up picking the, the Bears last week, and surprisingly, well, I'll I'll hold my surprise. Thank you so much. I totally forgot this is my game. Thank you so much for giving me the baton back. And yeah, I am... I'm definitely coming this week with my tail between my legs, um, so to say, just a little bit. I'm definitely a little humbled. I've been brought 
a little closer back to this galaxy. But one bad game does not, does not, and I repeat, does not tell me what the Bears are going to be as a team this season. That does not define the Bears. Lambeau Field is a tough place to play. I will, I will give them that. They definitely have a rowdy crowd. It was their first home game of the season. Rodgers, everyone was celebrating all the psychedelics he does. And everyone was just in a really, really, it seemed like a really rowdy mood in Lambeau on Sunday night. My boss, my, my boys fought. Justin, he was playing hard. He wasn't really given the correct plays to, to fully flourish on Sunday night. Our defense, we were, you know, we were busting our asses. Sorry, explicit. Asses. Sorry, explicit. But they have a two-headed monster with Dylan and Jones, and you got to tip your cap. And, you know, this is kind of the Vikings' fault because maybe if they wouldn't have beat their butts, oh, my gosh, that's a big mug. Maybe if Mac just took a drink of water out of the biggest mug I've ever seen in my life. Sorry. And maybe if the Vikings wouldn't have beat them into a pulp week one, the Packers wouldn't have had so much urgency against the Bears. But, yeah, wasn't the best game. Uh, was I bummed about it? Yes. Am I a little less optimistic about the season? Yes. Do I still think we're going to win double digits and make the playoffs? Yes. Do I still oh. think we're going to... So, sorry, may I continue? Yeah. Do I still think we're going to win the division? I think so. So oh you're not the... Gosh. So you're not the only one that has big hopes talking about winning the NFC North crown. Was, was this a stumble? Yes. Was this a little fork in the road that we, we took the wrong way on that fork? Yes. But... I'm still feeling good, but I digress once again. I know we're going to keep this one nice, short, and sweet. So we're we're playing the Texans, and yeah, they're they're a frisky team. I'd say that's a good way to describe the Texans. They tied the Colts, who are not who we thought they were, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them soon. And they gave the Broncos all they could handle in Denver on Sunday afternoon. So Davis Mills and company are no pushover like they were a couple years ago. They've got Lovey Smith at the helm, my still favorite Bears coach of all time. Um, so I'm definitely going to welcome him back in Chicago. We're probably going to get some drinks together on Saturday night and throw back some shots of my lord. So it's going to be great to see my boy Lovey. But I do think this game is going to be a little closer than I would like. I think the Bears are going to win by double digits still. So I do have the Bears. I'm trying to stay humble. I have them at three. You're giving me a face. Uh, please be nice. You're the best. And uh, yeah, go go NFC going. North. Keep I hope, going. Your boy, I hope your boys. I hope your boys have a really good game on Sunday. So oh, yeah, all, all you. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna keep it nice. But I just love how you say that it's gonna be a super close game. Oh, we're still gonna win by double digits. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> I really don't think that you are. I'm sorry. I just don't think that you are. I know you want to believe in your boys. Totally understand that. I know Thank they you. won in an absolute monsoon against the 49ers, who are now a lot better off due to <laughs> some injuries, unfortunately. Uh, put them against the 49ers now, the Bears would not win. I don't oh, that's, I, that's I truly craziness. don't think that. I truly don't think that. And obviously they unfortunately didn't come out and win Sunday night. I mean, we were watching that game, and it, it wasn't very pretty. I mean <laughs> – what? I mean, that's true. Justin Fields, he had a great first run, but as soon as as soon as it really got going and really got started, it's just, I don't know. Who is he throwing to out there? That's my problem. Hold Justin me back. Fields Hold me be, back. Justin Fields could be the best person in the world. If he's got no one to throw to, then what are you going to do? I mean, you just, what did you say? What, what were the combined catching? It was like a negative yardage in oh, combined reception. Oh, shoot. I can't remember that nugget. Sorry, I must have lost it on the flight. I can't quite remember. Oh, shoot. man, must have lost it on the fight, flight. Well, anyways, he had told me that they combined – the combined receptions were for a total – net yardage of like negative four. So. I told you that I told you that in confidence. I can't believe you. <laughs> I cannot believe you. Sorry, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's hard to get behind a team if they, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. But I can't believe you exposed me on live that, on live radio in front of millions and millions of listeners. Despite all that, despite all that, I hmm. um, I actually don't really think they're gonna win. Look, oh. So I am switching my confidence. No and show and going no. with the Houston Texans for one point, only one, only one point. But because I just don't know, I'm convincing myself here to believe that are the Chicago Bears really going to win? I don't yes. think they are. This is not allowed. This is literally in, this is, this is breaking the contract of once our, our picks are written down and we exchange them. Those are in concrete. So mm-hmm. sorry, fans. 
she's not going with Texans. She's going Bears for 16 points. <laughs> Absolutely not. If I'm going Bears, I'm going Bears for one. But I think I just convinced myself. I think I'm going to go with the Texans on this one because the Texans have a little bit more going for them. Well, folks, we will definitely let you know who we pick in this game. But uh, spoiler alert. We will be picking the Bears, and we will be picking them for at least two. All right, if you give me the Lions, I give you the Bears. Moving right along, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at Tennessee Titans. And this is is this my game? No, this is, is there, your game. No, this, this is your game. Isn't is uh, there a little star by it? This is your game. Oh. I the Bears. <laughs> Gosh dang it. What? I start. I ended up starring... <laughs> Are you a concussion person right now? Are you concussion people over there? No, this is your game. What? Wait, I just did Bears Texans. No, oh wait, I just did Texans Bears. Oh, I wait. You're so right. Okay, folks, I'm a concussion people over here. I'm so sorry. You did Thursday. One, one. Oh my gosh, this is my game. I. I actually really... think I goofed that up because I gave it. I gave you the Bears Texans, and I said that was your game. And okay, it but you That's bought it because it was your team. So okay, yes. Now it's Raiders Tech Titans. Your game. We've got this. Lucky... I swear we're gonna clean this up. Lucky me. Two games of analysis analysis in a row. What did I do to deserve this? But yes, okay. Raiders and Titans, and folks, this is a very interesting game because these are two teams that. Uh, made the playoffs last year. Titans were the number one seed. Raiders snuck in last week. And these teams both gave the Bengals, the AFC champions last year, in the playoffs a run for their money. And the Bengals had to have two game-winning kicks against these two teams. So a lot of people expected these two teams to be right back uh, where they were last season. And look at them two weeks in, 0-2 for the Raiders, 0-2 for the Titans. Disappointment AF for both of these teams. Titans... They've been getting blown out. The Bills absolutely took them to the shed last night, and it was like a dead horse, and the Bills were just kicking them constantly um, while they were down. The Raiders lost an absolute heartbreaker on Sunday afternoon in Arizona. Uh, I think they were up 20 to nothing at half, and the Raiders came back. Or the Raiders were up 20, yeah, they were up 20 to nothing at half, and the, the Cardinals came back like crazy. They had a touchdown with no time left. They needed to get a two-point conversion to set it overtime. They did. Hunter Renfro, as Mac uh, earlier in this episode alluded to with his concussion, um, he fumbled in overtime, scoop and score, one of the craziest games I've ever seen. But the Raiders are definitely probably sulking after that game. Uh, with that being said, Titans have gotten their arses beat two weeks in a row. Raiders have had a couple really close losses to the Chargers and the Cardinals. This game is close, in my opinion. It's in Tennessee, but Derrick Henry... Where, where are you at, King? Where are you at, King? He has been bottled up all season long. So that's why I think the Raiders are going to come into Nash Vegas, win this game. And, yeah, I have the Raiders to win this game, and I have them at a confidence of eight, which makes me a little nervous giving a team who is 0-2 a confidence, a confidence of eight. But Titans are also 0-2, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> If that makes you nervous, I think mine's going to make you a little bit more nervous. I have the Raiders, and I believe in them a little bit more than you because they have had such close games, and I feel like if they just were to hang on to that lead that they had, oh, it would be a different story. Anyways, I've got the Raiders. I've got them at 11. Whoa, 11. Okay. Titans. Take yeah, that. Slap Titans in the face. to me, yeah, brutal, brutal. Titans have not looked good at all, but that is okay. We've got some teams that do look good, one of them being this next game up here. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at Indianapolis Colts. And I guess this is a team that looks really good and a team that looks really, really bad. Obviously, I'm sure you can guess which is which. Kansas City Chiefs have been coming out left and right, winning games. Patrick Mahomes is in Patrick Mahomes form, looking so good out there. They have been firing, obviously, with that stat I, you know, mentioned earlier, this elite offense is scoring more than 70 points in the first two weeks. I mean, just got to give credit where credit is due, you know, Chiefs, Bills, Lions. And <laughs> Is one of those not... Is one of those not like the others? I'm confused. No, no. Those are all the exact same. Those are all okay. the exact same playing field. Got it. Got it. Okay. Wow. That is good to know. <laughs> a 
Okay, yeah, so Chiefs obviously looking really good. Colts, as we mentioned, not who we thought they were. Matt Ryan, we thought you were going to be the answer, dude. They're bringing in all these quarterbacks. It's quarterback carousel there in Indy, and we thought Matt Ryan was going to be the answer to all their problems and be able to really, you know, bring some expertise, but old man Ryan is just not getting it done up there, and things have not been good for them. The Colts are not who we thought Easy peasy for me. This is one of my highest of the week. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs going into Indianapolis and probably destroying them. I've got them at 15. Ding, ding, ding. Man, we we are both pissed off at, at the Colts. We're pissed off at Matt Ryan. And you're right. He's like an old man. Get off my lawn, kids. He looks terrible. The Colts look absolutely terrible. And when your season – I know this is not my analysis. I'm sorry. When your season starts off with the Texans and the Jags – and you are 0-1-1 after those two games, you're pathetic. Colts, you made me look like a fool. Pants on my ankles, egg on my face, humpity-dumpity. I said you were one of my Super Bowl picks in the AFC. Now I think you're going to win three games or less. You heard it here first. I got the Chiefs, and I got them at 15. Colts, we will never trust you again. We will (laughs) never trust you again. We will never trust you again. We said it last week. We're saying it again. Moving right along to a team that we do trust. In Josh Allen, we trust. We have the Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. And ooh-wee, I've been saying that all day today. Ooh-wee, I said it for the Lions. I guess that's my saying for this podcast. Ooh-wee, that should be a good game. I'm excited to see what's actually going on there in Miami. Are they the real deal? I am going to tell you all about that, so sit back and relax. This one's going to be about 10 minutes of analysis because there's a lot to cover here. Folks, it's juicy. We got some nuggets. Hope you're hungry. Nom, 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 So this is going to be a really fun game, and us NFL fans have a big-time double dose of treats because now we get to see these two prolific offenses face each other twice a year because they're both in the AFC East. So not only do we get to see this matchup in Miami this weekend, we'll get to see it in Buffalo later this season. But yeah, this game is a little tougher than it should be because the Dolphins and that insane 21-point fourth quarter comeback on Sunday was truly one of the craziest games I've ever seen. And before I jump into the analysis, I have one special player that I'd like to talk about. Shout out to Noah Weibel. He has been a fan of this guy for as long as I can remember. And I texted him yesterday and I said, finally going to give your boy a shout out. So without further ado, my wave maker of the week. Splash. Tua Tagova. Oh my gosh. I knew this, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. Okay, (laughs) let me try one more time. I was worried about this. Tua, tug of Iloa. Yeah. (laughs) I knew that was going to happen. I practiced that name so many times. Dang it. Okay, I'm so sorry. Uh, The tug of Iloa family, Noah, my bad. You are a stud, Tua. Going into the fourth quarter, down by 21 points to a Lamar Jackson. And first of the year, by the way. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. Woo-hoo. Can't believe I haven't been throwing that one in. But I know. That's a classic. That's a, a classic, classic making waves a uh, little quote there in Bobby gotta, Song fashion. Absolutely. I got to start throwing in the sorry, Mr. Jackson, especially with how he played. But he was he was a quick runner-up. If that game would have ended differently, he might have been my wave maker. But Tua, going to the fourth quarter against a very good Baltimore Ravens-led team, down 21 This guy threw for 469 yards. He threw for six touchdowns, and he had a QB rating of 124.1 on Sunday. I know me and Mac have talked about it a lot, and to great lengths that Tua, this is his season. He's got Tyreek. He's got Waddle, and I'm going to do my little Waddle right now. You're not looking at my Waddle. The Waddle. I like the it. Waddle, 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 So, yeah, he, um, I know you guys can't see that. I don't know why I did that, but a little, little penguin dance for, for Waddle. But he has got one of the best dynamic group groupings of wide receivers. We were like, he needs to step up. He needs to show that he is the guy in Miami. And I think he showed that in so much more on Sunday. Huge win. Uh, they're now 2-0 looking great. So, Tua, my first player wave maker of the year um and of the week so you're gonna get some swag from us i'm gonna send it in the mail so you got that to look forward to to uh congrats buddy keep it rolling keep it rocking you are the man so yeah back to the analysis 
I do think this is going to be a pretty solid game. Uh, the Bills, they're rolling. They've outscored opponents 72-17 to 17 in their first two weeks. Um, and that's against a Rams team and a Titans team, Super Bowl defending champs, and the number one seed in the AFC from last season. So they're not playing, you know, your Joe Schmo, you know, school school for the blind type teams. They're playing legitimate uh, playoff and Super Bowl contenders, and they're beating them like a drum. Uh, on the other side of the coin, the Dolphins are actually only the sixth team in NFL history to overcome a 21-plus deficit in the fourth quarter and winning in regulation. So. Ooh. Nuggets. Hope you're hungry. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. McNuggets, because we are coming at you with all these facts. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a lot closer of a game than I initially expected. I knew the Dolphins were going to have a much better season. I didn't know it was going to happen this quickly with Tyreek just seamlessly fitting into that offense. I can I can tell the two has got a new best pal in Tyreek. So, yeah, I do think the Bills are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair, but there's so many close games and I do trust in the bills um, being the best team in the NFL. If you ask me. So as of now, I got the bills marching into South beach into Miami, probably partying a little bit and then beating the dolphins at a confidence of seven. Okay. Pretty close. I have got them at a confidence of eight. Totally agree. I'm sorry. Noah. bills are going to win this game. I don't, I don't really think that's a question. I think it's more of just, I put it at middle confidence just because the Dolphins clearly can make miracles happen. But uh, no argument there. Moving right along, we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New England Patriots. And this one was sort of easy for me, I guess. Uh, Ravens looked really good despite letting up that huge comeback win by the Dolphins, as Bob has been talking about. Um, they did look really, really good. I mean, we were talking about him last week, and I apologize to the Duvernay family because we called him Uvernay, and it's actually Duvernay. It's actually Duvernay with a D. So oh. apologies, Duvernay family. But uh, yeah, he came out right away, first play of the game, kickoff to start the game. He returns it all the way for a touchdown. He has been looking super good, and Rashad Bateman, those deep balls, man, with him and Lamar, he's his—he's clearly his like deep threat guy. They've been looking awesome out there. Lamar just does what Lamar does. He proved me wrong when I said last week that I don't think he can continue to be a running back and a quarterback, and he did it. Again, he's always rushing all over the field, just making something out of nothing constantly. Lamar looked good. And the Patriots, we kind of have touched on this quite a bit. They're just kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team to me. They're not really stout in any area. Um, I mean, they're getting getting it done. They got, they got the job done against the Steelers this past weekend. But I don't know. I just don't see them competing necessarily at the highest level. And I think the Ravens are one of those higher-level teams. So I've got the Ravens here, and I've got them at 12. Oh, so close. I agree with everything you said. I have the Ravens, and I have them at a dozen. I almost said a baker's dozen, but that would be 13. I have them at a normal dozen, which is 12. And quick question for you. So with you saying Lamar cannot be a running back and a quarterback, and then we were like just inexplicably saying Duvernay was Uvernay, do you think we just kind of motivated them with Duvernay returning the initial kickoff and then Lamar going off on Sunday? Probably, honestly. Like, I know, I feel like with this podcast, whenever we say something, inevitably the opposite happens that week. And I know it's because they're all listening. They they clearly, you know, put it on in their locker rooms and they're all listening to our podcast, Making Waves Shouts Out. And when they listen to it, I know we're just like pissing people off. So probably the opposite's going to happen for all these games that we've said. But yeah, I think that's why. Okay, I would have to agree. Good. I'm glad we agree. Good. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to keep talking. Nope. Okay, well, then I will just start talking about the next game here. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that has been disappointing us left and freaking right, and the New York Jets. Man, Jets, they are a spoiler team for us from time to time, and they did it again this past weekend. What you got here? Yes, so this is a interesting game. The Bengals are on... High red alert. They are on the thinnest of ices. They're climbing into Indianapolis Colts territory. At least Bengals have lost two absolute heartbreakers. So I know we picked the Bengals in week one and week two, 
Joey Cool, he needs to step it up a little bit. I don't know if he still has that little Super Bowl hangover, but he definitely needs to step it up just a little bit. But Bengals are at least showing some life. Colts, they've been hapless, so we're done with the Colts. I am going to give the Bengals, this is a public statement announcement, I'm giving the Bengals one last chance. If the Bengals screw us over again, they are right in the same boat with the Colts, and we are done with them. Joey Cool, Bengals, Mixon and crew, everybody, you're playing the Jets. I know the Jets just had a solid win against the Browns. I am, t- I am putting a lot of points in the Bengals to have a big bounce-back game. If they're going to have a big bounce-back game against anyone, no way better than uh, the Jets to do it against. So I have them at a Baker's Dozen, 13. This is your last chance. Been nice, Bengals. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. I also have the bang- Bengals. I have them one point higher, so another very close one that we have in confidence pool. I have them at 14. Last chance for them before they are like down there like the Indianapolis Colts for us. Um, next team we have competing for the win this weekend is the Philadelphia Eagles at Washington Commanders. So kind of interesting, both of the teams that my boys have played in weeks one and two now going up against each other. We'll see what happens with this game. I think it's pretty clear to me what's going to happen, but you never know in football. I have the Eagles winning this game pretty handedly here. Um, Eagles are actually bumped all the way up to third in the power rankings as of this morning. They are currently being – they are – Easily in the conversation currently for the best team in the NFC. And and that's not just for me. That's from different podcasts that I hear and things of that nature. And, and I, you know, you can't necessarily negate that because they have been looking really good. Jalen Hurts out there just getting things done left and right. Obviously added that explosive player in A.J. Brown. It looks like he's fitting in just at home in Philly. City of Brotherly Love is just getting it done this year. They're looking really good. Shouts out Big T. Who knows if you even listen to all these shouts out we give you every week. He better. He better. He better. But either way, I've got the Eagles here. I think they're going to win pretty handedly. Um, and I've got them at 13 for this week. I will say the only caveat I he- I have here and the only question mark is in the past, the Eagles have shown flashes of greatness. We've seen it from Hertz. We've seen different things that he can do from time to time. What we need this year, and I'm hopeful that they're kind of stringing together a more consistent team, but what we need this year is to see that consistency week to week to week. Don't have an incredible game week two and then come out this next week and get blown out by the commanders. You know what I mean? Like we need to see that consistency. I think they can do it. I know they can do it. We'll see if it happens actually. And I think, I think it will. We'll see. I guess I keep saying we'll see. Anyways, we will see Sunday, one o'clock PM. They're going to win 13. Will we see? I think we will see. Will we see? I I think we will see, but if we don't see, then we just will have to see what happens. <laughs> wow, that just broke my brain a little bit. I'm going to try to continue on after that with my with my little uh, piece here about the Eagles. But yes, I totally agree. I have them winning by a lot. I actually have them as my highest confidence of the week at 16. They looked so good last night that I think they are one of the best teams in the NFC. Shout out Big T. I know he listens. And real quick, you said the other podcast that you listen to, Are you are you cheating on us? Here at Making Waves, I'm very confused. I may or may not listen to some other uh, NFL podcasts, but... Just just to see how much better we are than those, right? Exactly. Okay, got That's it. Good awesome. save there. Good save. You're welcome for the assist. Eagles, the assist. 16. Eagles, 16. Uh, shouting it from the mountaintops. Okay, Eagles, 16. Oh, wow, 16. Okay, 16, 13. At least we're pretty close. Yep. And we've been we've been pretty close all all day so far. So we have been. Let's keep that going right along into the next game: the New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. Heading down south to the state of Mackenzie and Nikki, we are in Carolina, and this game, I mean, it's a divisional matchup. But the the Panthers are looking really bad. Baker's looking really bad. The Browns are probably snickering to themselves because Baker looks so bad. Um, and it's so interesting that since he looks bad, I, I'm not really seeing him on many commercials anymore. I used to see him on every other flipping State Farm ad, but now I just don't see his face, and I'm okay with yeah, that. Because I'm, yeah, he's not on there anymore. <laughs> he's not. I'm not a big Baker guy, so I'm okay with not seeing him for you know 30 seconds every other commercial. But 
yeah, this is kind of a weird game because the Saints also are not great. Um, they did give the Bucks a run for their money, and that nugget finally is dead. Tom Brady finally axed the Saints in the regular season. That seven-game regular season winning streak is dead and gone. The Saints definitely struggled at home against the Falcons week one, but they looked much better in a week two loss against the Bucks And the Panthers, I mean, they've had a pretty easy start to their schedule with the Browns. And then who did they just play? Oh, the Giants. They just lost to the Giants. So yep, Panthers are open. Shout out. Shout out, Eli. Eli and James, shouts out to the Colorado G-Men. Looking solid. We'll get to your team here in a couple couple analyses. But uh, analysis is, I don't know if that's a word, but going to pretend it is. I have the Saints in this game, and I have them at 12. So I have them for a dozen. Ooh, okay. 12 for the Saints. Again, we are very, very close, just slightly off. It's going to make our job a lot easier this week. Uh, but I have the Saints also winning for all of those reasons, but I've got them at 10, still double digits. Okay, we are doing a pretty dang good job, so we are going to keep rolling along. Keep rolling right along into the Sunday afternoon slate of games, but before we do, it's time for the first word from our sponsor. Dang it. Uh, today's week three episode is sponsored by Hilton Hotels. We're going to make you stay really cozy. Free breakfast and two beds, hot showers and a pool on the side. Hilton, we got you covered. All right. Hilton's got you covered if you are traveling for an NFL game. Go visit family, I don't know, whatever you're traveling for, work like Bob. Um, hopefully us traveling one day for this Making Waves podcast and running across all the ESPN and NFL networks. Uh, Hilton, got us covered. So thank you, Hilton. Thank you for wrapping up my ad there. You've never done that, but I really like that. So thank you so much for wrapping it up. Thank you, Hilton. And I know me and Mac are going to be traveling with Hilton come February when my boys are in the Super Bowl. We've already made that bet that if any of our teams are in the Super Bowl, we will go together. So, Hilton, uh, looking forward to seeing you in February. We have made that bet. Uh, if anybody's going this year, it's obviously for my boys. But oh. uh, we'll see you in February, Hilton. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. So we can talk about all these games that we have on Sunday, like this next one, the Jacksonville Jaguars at Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm going to say... Heard it here first, but Jacksonville is kind of surprising me a little bit. Uh, they've been, good, yeah, yeah, they've been they've been looking pretty good. Lord Far- Lord Farquaad out there making moves. Uh, definitely, they're they're making some strides under this new staffing changes. I don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Chargers this weekend. The Chargers are again. We kind of talk about some of those teams that are mid tier, and we got those teams that are high tier. And Chargers for me are high tier. Uh, they're they're a solid squad. They're a good team. They're getting things done left and right, making plays. They've got it from all angles. I don't know how we haven't really talked about them yet, but the one-two punch on defense between Bosa and your boy Khalil Mack, who was just traded back over there um, from the Bears. Unfortunate loss, obviously, for the Bears. But, yeah. I mean, that is an insane defense right there coming at you. I would not want to be a quarterback going up against that. So the Chargers looking really good. They're going to be feasting against Lord Farquaad on Sunday. I've got the Chargers here, and I've got them at 6 16. Oh, 16. The only sidebar that I would put is that if Herbert is out, he's got that rib injury. If Herbert is out, I really want to reevaluate that. But right now I'm pretending he's in 16. We will keep an eye on that Herbert injury. No doubt about it. Completely agreed. I think the Chargers are going to roll at home in Los Angeles, City of Angels. Um, quick shout out to Lord Farquaad. He did have a great game. I'm sure that Donkey and Shrek are very proud of you. But I also think the Chargers are going to win big time. I have them at 14. So we are, we're consistently like three away right now. This is good. Yeah, we're doing really, really good. And I love that little, <laughs> little note about Donkey and Shrek. Yeah, they've got to be so proud of their boy. I mean, I don't know if he's their boy because they kind of hate each other, but, you know. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, Okay, moving along, we've got the Los Angeles Rams at Arizona Cardinals. Yes. 
I think this will be a solid game. The Rams do own the Cardinals. I wish I had that big old juicy nugget talking about how many times the Rams have beaten the Cardinals in a row. I know it's very similar to the previous week's uh, saints Bucks nugget, but I know the Rams absolutely own the Cardinals. Cardinals are coming up a very emotional win on Sunday against the Raiders. Rams had a little bit of a tight, uh, tight close call against the Falcons to get their first win of the season. I fully expect the Rams to take care of business. Cardinals look like they have a lot of question marks. James Conner, he seems a little hobbled. That that wide receiving uh, core is still a little sketch. And the Rams are the Rams. I mean, Maddie, your boy, he's looking pretty solid. Uh, that secondary and, you know, led by Ramsey. Not a fan, but he's a stud. Um, had the game-winning interception at the end of uh, the fourth on Sunday. They're looking solid. I think this game might be a little closer than... Uh, my confidence indicates, so I'm a little worried, but I do think the Super Bowl champs are going to win their second game in a row. I have them going into Arizona, into the Southwest, and winning at a confidence of... I'm really drawing this one out. Nine. Hey! Ding, ding, ding! We have another winner here, folks. I also have the Rams at nine. Also a little bit scary, but... I have confidence in them for sure. So we've got, yes, we've got Rams at nine. Moving right along to some other teams here. We've got the Atlanta Falcons at Seattle Seahawks. And to be honest, the Falcons are just kind of terrible. <laughs> they're they're not looking great this year. Mariota is doing the best that he can. I mean, they did make a great little comeback there against the Rams. Like you said, a little bit scary, honestly. We gave us a little run for our money at the end. It's kind of garbage time, though, so I don't – I would never – I don't know. I don't want teams to ever, like, give up in garbage time because clearly things can happen. But in that garbage time, I'm assuming that's why all of a sudden they were able to make this run um, ahead against the against the Rams on Sunday. But anyways, looking forward to this game ahead – I just don't think they are going to be able to string together enough for this win here. This is in Seattle. And as we've mentioned many times before, this is one of the toughest places to play in the entire U.S. I've been there for a game. It is absolutely rocking. You cannot hear anything. They give out um, earplugs when you're in there because it's it's absurd the amount of noise level that can get. And, and clearly that worked a lot against a team that's supposed to be somewhat decent this year against the Broncos in that first game when the Seattle Seahawks upset the Broncos. So um, yeah, ultimately, all in all, I think the Seahawks are going to take this win here. I've got them and I've got them at seven. Okay. Okay. I don't know why we both always say okay at the end of analysis, but I mean, not going to break that habit at this point. So, okay. I agree. I think the Seahawks are going to win. But the Falcons, quick shout out to them. They are frisky. I know I've used that word a couple times. Uh, I heard it on different podcasts. Oh, am I watching another podcast too or listening to another podcast? Gasp. But frisky is a word to describe a team that's not quite good, not quite bad, but they're kind of in the middle. Falcons lost in like a last-second field goal week one against the Saints. And they had a chance when they were driving down to take the lead against the Rams, like Mac just said, on Sunday. So, Falcons are definitely better than people give them credit for. And I am in Hotlanta right now, so I'm trying to be cognizant of that. I don't want someone to attack me in my hotel room. So with all that being said, I think the Seahawks are going to win. I think the 13th man is going to be loud, and I've got the Seahawks at 10. All right. I love it. We are just rocking and rolling today for the most yep, part. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Next game, I know that we agree on, and I just am so excited. I love any opportunity that we can to pick against this guy. We've got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. Um, Quick side note, I don't know if you mentioned it in your uh, injury report because I was uh, quickly jotting down all the the, uh, synopsis from our last week's confidence pool um, updates, but... Mike Evans got suspended for this upcoming game from the this couple. Yes, great, great comment there. I did not mention that in the so, injury yeah. reports. I was just focusing on the injuries. But, yes, Mike Evans yes. is suspended. That's a great, great point. Okay, so I, I did hear that he was maybe going to appeal it, which might let him play this Sunday. We'll have to keep an eye on that. I don't think either way it's going to change who we think is going to win the game because yeah. we hate one of these teams a lot. But, yeah, I mean – Brady, just the the drum keeps on drumming and the the band keeps on marching no matter what. No matter who he has out there, he just keeps winning. Proved that on Sunday with no Godwin, no uh, Evans in most of the second half. Packers, 
I don't want to talk about them. They really ruined the end of my weekend. They're big old fat jerks. And honestly, they're not that impressive. My boys had a bad game. Rodgers still doesn't have anybody to throw to. I think teams can prepare for the run on the Packers, and that takes away most of what they have going for them right now. So I think the Bucks are going to win in the Tampa-ist of Bays, and I have them beating the Pack at half dozen. So I have them them winning at six. Okay, half dozen, very close. Yet again, only one point off. I also have the Bucks winning this game, largely due to their defense. Their defense has been looking incredible. It very clearly won them that game on Sunday, despite Tom Brady. He was being an absolute baby, and that was. Fun to watch. He's just chucking his iPad. There's all sorts of memes out there of him just chucking the little tablet that he looks at. I mean, he was being a baby. Let's be. Would honest. it be rude for me to say he was being a biatch? He no, he was being a biatch. <laughs> he was, and apparently the Saints just do that to him. I saw all these side by side clips of the Saints just in him and all the games against the Saints, just because he's he had never beat them prior to this Sunday. So they get in his head. They do. They definitely get into his head. But the defense definitely won it for them. I think they're going to do it again here. Got the Bucks. I've got them at five. Five. Okay. The Saints get in Brady's head like sometimes you get in my head. <laughs> it's a fun place to be. I'll tell you that. <laughs> just free room and board. It's so great. I just give free it out for free. Room and board. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun it's, messing with you. It's great. It's great. It is so and great. Speaking of free room and board from our first ad, good segue uh, because <laughs> I know we're about to head to this Sunday night game. We are. Which means I think it's time for our second sponsor of the week. It is time for our second sponsor of the week. And I just got to say, great job hanging on to that. You know, when I when I toss the mic to you and you're hanging on to the mic and go into, go into the advertisement, otherwise it's kind of hard. You got to interrupt me. Is that what you're doing right this second? Is that what, what you're doing right now? What? Oh, they meant like elongating it to like think about an ad. No, no, no. I was saying like, it's good. That was a good segue because usually oh, you've been you. like interrupting me like, wait, wait, we've got one more advertisement. So I was thank saying you. that was good. You know, when you have the mic, go ahead and, you know, just steal right into the segue. And yes, of course, that was buying myself a little bit of extra time. So without further ado, the second sponsor of the Making Waves NFL Confidence Pool podcast for week three of the NFL is... Heinz Ketchup. Eating all those nuggets from the Making Waves podcast? Nom, 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 nom. Get yourself a nice, cool, cold pile of Heinz Ketchup. <laughs> you abs... Sorry, continue. What? You had me until you said a nice, cool, big pile of Heinz Ketchup. Well, what of it? I mean, I guess it's good, good cold. I yeah, never... you get the... You got to get the ketchup out of the fridge. Anyways, get yourself a nice, cool, cold, pot, big old pile of Heinz ketchup and dip those nuggets right in. Heinz I, ketchup. Get your Heinz. <laughs> official proud sponsor of Making Waves. Okay, that was officially the most <laughs> absurd advertisement we've ever had. That was unbelievable. I loved it. A okay, nice, what's big the old... issue? A nice big old cool pile of Heinz ketchup. I just never heard someone use that. Well, what, how else would you describe a condiment on your plate? What What is it? A, a squirt? Is that better? Yeah, I guess a nice little sky. I guess you make a good point. Just hearing a big old cool pile of Heinz ketchup. <laughs> hey, also, a nice steaming pile of shit or something. Oh like that. God, this is officially very explicit now. All of a sudden, oh my, this has got to go on the Instagram page next week, right? Also, what? Go ahead before. Oh I'm my god! Also, you know when you're like doing an essay for for uh, a class, and you need to have like 400 words a minimum, and you're like, "My essay is this," and I chose this, and just oh, like yeah. having <laughs> as many words. That is what you do at the start of every single ad. You said, "This making waves." Second sponsor of the third <laughs> episode is brought to you by. Hey, like, you gotta buy yourself some time. You gotta buy hey, yourself I, some time, and hey, it, it worked it. out for me. So it did. That was a very very good ad. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But yes, it is time. After the second sponsorship, it is always time to move into the Sunday night game. This Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Denver Broncos. And I kind of mentioned this earlier a little bit. Uh, Jimmy G is obviously back as their quarterback with Trey Lance suffering that season-ending ankle injury. 
obviously a huge bummer for the guy. And truly, we we don't really know who Trey Lance as a, is as a quarterback yet. We still have not actually seen him play, to be completely honest. He played in the rain, like we like to talk about with the Bears. Uh, but he only played for what I think it was like one drive when he broke his ankle. So he was out pretty early on. Jimmy G is back. And I'm going to be honest and feel for the guy. He broke his ankle. But I think that Jimmy G being back is the best thing that could have happened to this team. Uh, the 49ers, we know that they are a good team. Jimmy G has gotten them far in the playoffs many a time before. I think that's the best thing that could have happened. Trey Lance was a huge wild card. We hadn't seen much from him at all. We still won't. I don't know what that's going to do for his future. Nobody really knows, but Jimmy B is back, and I think it's a good thing for the 49ers. And then on the other side of the coin, Denver is just drowning, man. They are drowning in their expectations. We all thought, oh, you know, Russ Wilson, we've got him traded from the Seahawks. He's going to bring this this team to a whole new level with their defense, and they've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and all these big names. No, they're they're not. They're not doing that. They're not meeting their expectations. They're not meeting the hype. And they just don't look like a good team, to be completely honest. They could get it together at some point. I don't think they're going to do it in week three. I've got the 49ers going into Denver and winning this game. And I've got them at a fairly high level, well, medium level of six. Hmm. Okay. Also, I think that was your best analysis game of the entire episode. All the analysis have been great, but that one just stuck out in my mind. That was that was really uh, Chris. When you made some really good points, and I Thank completely you. agree with. Of, of course, yes, Appreciate I completely that. agree with. Yes, you are so so welcome. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you said. I think Jimmy G is like the he's the anchor of that offense. He knows how to get it done. He's taking that team to Super Bowl, um, and he's kind of their savvy veteran leader. So mm-hmm. obviously, we hope for a speedy recovery from Mister Lance. But I think in the here and now, it's looking really good that they hung on to Jimmy G because if they let him go and they didn't have him, they would be in deep doo-doo. Um, they'd be in a big, big, cool pile of Heinz to say the least <laughs> if, they didn't, if they didn't hold on to him. So I agree. Uh, you had them at six. I have them at four going into Denver and beating a struggling Broncos team. Surprisingly struggling. All right. Love to hear it. Another close one. And we are going to end on a bang. Another game that we disagree on. Monday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Dallas Cowboys taking on their divisional opponent, the New York Football Giants. Okay. We got a big rivalry game. We've got two teams that are going the opposite directions. Shout out to Cooper Rush that he is 2-0 now as a starter. And that was a great bounce-back win from a very, very disappointing Sunday night game when Dak went down. They only scored three points. They were the only team in the NFL to not get a touchdown. Man, I'm throwing the Nuggets into that pile of ketchup. I'm coming in hot to end the uh, the episode here. But, yeah, Giants, I don't know about you, but I think they might be the surprise team of the season. Shout-out once again, Eli. Yes, they haven't beaten any world beaters yet. But, I mean, beating the Titans was solid and beating the uh, the Panthers was solid. So they're 2-0. and they are atop the NFC East tied with the Eagles. I don't think anybody expected the Giants to have this turnaround this quickly. Saquon, who had a little bit of a slower game on Sunday, I think he's going to bounce back. And this is in New York, and those fans are passionate in East Rutherford. I actually think the Giants are going to win this game. Cooper Rush, I don't think he, I don't think he can keep up this, this uh, consistency. I mean love a story like that with a guy kind of coming out of nowhere and having some success, but giants are kind of clicking on all cylinders. This was my toughest game of the week and is why I have the giants winning on Monday night football gasp. The crowd goes silent. The giants three and O possibly we shall see. I have them finishing out week three with a confidence level of one. Uno. Ooh, uno. Okay. Yes. So good points there. Definitely. The Giants are a big surprise that they are 2-0. If you would have told me that the Giants were going to be 2-0 to start the season, I would not have bought into that at all. But yeah, I, I think kind of similar reasoning actually that I have for why I believe that the Cowboys are going to win this weekend is because I don't feel like that's sustainable for the Giants. They they have surprised the heck out of me in the world by winning these first two games. But like you said, they're not exactly like world beaters out there that they're beating. 
And the Titans is a well-known name team. You know, they've got King Henry and stuff like that, but it, it just, they're not who we thought they were either. So I don't really think that could be fully taken into consideration as like a really great, great win for them. And I got to give credit where credit is due. They've been looking good. Obviously they've got the bowl making the bold moves, but oh. uh, <laughs> they've got the out there. He's been making a lot of moves for them as a coach and he's in the right spot for sure. And they've been looking good, but to me, to be able to go up against the Cowboys defense is going to be the biggest test. The Cowboys have a great defense. Truly, they do. They are the reason that they were able to win, even with a backup out there. And yes, granted, things got to happen on offense for them. Cooper Rush, it could have been a lightning in a bottle type situation. He's not the best quarterback that could possibly be out there. But I also don't believe that Daniel Jones is some like elite quarterback that we need to take into consideration either. So to me, putting both of them up against... They kind of, to me, even out a little bit, to be completely honest, and then putting them up against their the two defenses, I would take the Cowboys' defense all day, every day. That's just kind of where I'm coming from, I guess. And then ultimately also Gallup could possibly co- be coming back into the mix. That would be huge for the Cowboys. And finally, just a little nugget to end. Hope you're hungry. Cowboys. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Cowboys have won the last nine out of ten regular season games against the Giants. Different teams back then. I totally understand that. But there were several of those games where Dak was also out and they had a backup in. And Cowboys must really just like their like redheaded stepchildren because both of their <laughs> most recent backups are all redheads. I mean, they had um, Andy Dahl in before when Dak was out for the season, and then now the Red Rocket. Rush. Yeah, the Red Rocket himself. The Red Rocket himself. Wow, they like their redheaded stepchildren. That is they a very... like their redheaded stepchildren, and I just think I don't know. I think that going along with the redheaded stepchildren, they're just going to come in and Cinderella story this one and take the win. Man, oh, man. What a way to end the episode. Um, And what do you have them as, confidence-wise? Oh, I apologize. I actually have them much higher than one. Well, not much. I have them at four, so that's probably one of the higher differences that we have this week. Unbelievable. Okay, so the highest difference we have in any game is three, and then the last one is five. So I was... was I was going to make a great point that we had everything within three and then you, you went hey, and ruined it. That's not bad. Having it within five is still pretty darn good. And I am very excited to see what happens with every single one of these games. We will obviously keep you all posted with what we go with moving forward into next week. We're hoping for a big old Buco Bucks win and definitely Alliance win this weekend. I know Bob's excited for that one. We cannot wait. So excited for that one. Third time's a charm. Uh, Bears are going to retake the top spot in the NFC North, and I can't wait to come back with some money from the Buco Bucks and a first-place finisher from the uh, the weekend. So we are pumped, and I can't wait to get back to my apartment for next week's episode to have my equipment again and sound crystal clear per usual. Can't wait. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.